Welcome to Scanner School session 13. In this session, we have a consulting call from John Goldenberg. Now, John was one of the winners of our consulting contest that we had through the month of February. So we're going to have basically um, you guys sit in on our consulting session and uh, let us know what you think. Welcome to the Scanner School, a podcast dedicated to the scanner radio hobby. Class is about to begin. Here is your host, Phil Lichtenberger. Okay, welcome to Scanner School, where we teach you everything that you need to know about the scanner radio hobby. I am Phil Lichtenberger, and my amateur radio call sign is W2LIE, and thank you for joining me today. So if you guys remember back in February, uh, I was promoting a little contest to kind of promote the consulting uh, side of where I'd like to uh, try and go a little bit. And um, John was one of the three winners that we picked at random. And it's a little um, a little funny in a way that, uh, that John won one of the spots. Uh, John and I have known each other for a little bit of time. Uh, we were in the same amateur radio groups together. And uh, John lives um, in the same county as me. But... Um, you know, he has his life, I have mine kind of thing. So I haven't seen John really in uh, in a couple of years, actually. But uh, but yeah, when John's name was pulled out of the hat, I kind of had a small chuckle myself going, okay, well, you know, at least it's somebody that I know <laughs> helped me break the ice a little bit here. But, um, you know, it kind of looks, I, I mean, I, I admit it looks a little funny that, um, that you know, somebody I know had, had won. But uh, I guess, you know, in the end, somebody had to win one of the three spots. So it just ended up being that it was somebody that uh, that I had known. Um, again, I got two other uh, people who are uh, who have won. And uh, I am in the middle of setting up their consulting sessions at this time. So um, I do have something that's in the works that I would like to uh, get your feedback on. But we will uh, table that to the end of this podcast. So after the interview, I do have something that... I would like to try, and um, I would like to know if you guys are interested in it. So sit back and enjoy being a fly on the wall uh, with uh, John and I discuss a couple of um, questions that John has about uh, the local scanning stuff. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll touch base, uh, all of you and I, at, after, the, um, after the consulting session. And I'll let you know what I have planned for uh, Scanner School and uh, like to know your feedback on what it is that I would like to try. So with that, we're going to uh, transition into the, uh, the consulting session between John Goldenberg and myself. Enjoy. Hey, John, how you doing? Uh, congratulations on being one of the three winners of the uh, consulting contest. Thank you uh, for being here. No, thank you. All right. So um, again, tell me a little about uh, what uh, what you're using as far as radios or, or radio goes, and um, this way we can start with the hardware. Okay. For scanners, I have a uh, the 15 XT. Okay. For which sits in my office, I have a 996 P2, which my wife lets me keep in the kitchen. Okay. And then I have a uh, a 496. The, uh, the handheld that uh, sort of goes around with me. And then in addition to that, I have, you know, a, a bunch of uh, uh, ham portables, uh, ham mobile, and, uh, a ba- and an HF base station. Okay. 
So um, BCT 15X 996P2 and a 436 HP. Um, and then what uh, what are your interests when it comes to scanning? So mostly for the scanner, I listen to fire, um, the medical control for the paramedics, um, some other public service. Uh, I live in I live fairly close to to uh, Jones Beach, so I listen to the Jones Beach frequencies, the uh, maintenance, and then the, the the state park police from my house. Okay. And, and my big issue is I'm not just not sure how to organize stuff in the scanner. I, I know in the, in the old days they used to call them banks. I'm, I'm really not sure what they call them now. But how do you decide what to put where or, you know, do you need more than one scanner to listen to, to stuff so you don't miss anything? And then the last question I have for you, and I'm sure this is going to come up in, in to other people and in scanner school, is talking about the P20 um, – the P25 threshold, you know, do you leave it on automatic or do you, do, is there a better way to set that? Okay. Um, all right. So I got here, you want uh, fire, medical control, police services, public services, Jones Beach, state parks, um, and you're looking to have organization and the P25 threshold. So we'll go from the bottom top. The P25 threshold uh, we could talk about here. Um, but I am going to get into that a little bit more when it comes to the um, uh, the P twenty five topics. But um, we'll, so we'll, we'll we'll loop back to that at the end. But are you looking to have all three radios set up the same way, or are you setting them up in, individually, or how is it that you wanted to set up your your three scanners? So the the one in the kitchen, we. Most of the time, I just leave it, especially with my wife's home, I leave it um, in fire tone out for my local fire department just to sort of get, get a sense of what's going on. I can't listen to my local police. They're encrypted. Um, the, but I would like to have them set up, yeah, fairly similar. I mean, the, X, the, the 15 doesn't do, doesn't do uh, P25, so that's the only one that's different. The other, I have the DMR option on both the uh, 436 and the 996. Okay. Um, but I'm just not sure. I mean, am I missing a lot of stuff that might be interesting because it's hanging on something that's not interesting? Should I put two scanners in one room? Just not, just not sure of, of organization. Right. Okay. So what I would first uh, advise doing would probably be set up the 996P2 and the BCT15X uh, exactly the same way. This way, you can move back and forth between the two radios seamlessly. So if you're in the one room and you want to run into the kitchen, you know exactly where things are. I mean, obviously, you're not going to be able to listen to something that's digital, uh, you know, P25 or DMR uh, on the PCT15, but at least your banks right. will be laid out the exact same way. Okay. So you could use something like Butel um, Arc XT to program up both those radios, and you could also use something like FreeScan. That will talk okay. to both of those radios. So let's 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 assume that they're going to be a clone of each other with the BCT fifteen X not having the digital, and that's the way I would recommend at least to start um, thinking about programming up the two radios. At least this way, you know, like I said, you don't have to go from one room to the other and stop to think where is this in this radio, and and you know how come I'm missing something on the other one because maybe you forgot to reprogram a new frequency into one of the, one of the two radios. So 
that'll get you on the same page as far as that goes. Um, the other thing too with Arc XT, I think will do it, um, and I'm I know for sure that FreeScan will do it. Is that it will not send P25 and DMR information to a radio that does not support it. So that's good. Yeah. Okay. So so it won't send any of your P25 uh, trunk systems or conventional frequencies to the BCT15X. So you don't have to worry about the radio spitting back an error and then and failing the programming. So when it comes to laying out the actual banks or the system keys um, or the scan list, depending on which radio you're talking about here, it's it's a scan list on the 996 and the 15X. Mm-hmm. And it's a uh, system list on the 436. So what I would do is you think about how how would be the best way to kind of group your agencies together. Like you don't want one massive bank with everything in it. So what I would suggest doing is maybe put in, like you said, fire, medical control, public safety, Jones Beach, State Park, police. So let's do – I would do one bank that just has maybe Jones Beach in it. Okay. This way you could toggle that off and on and – you know, either get rid of it completely or you could turn off everything else and then just leave on Jones Beach just by pushing a couple of buttons. You know, turning okay. off the banks or the or the system keys. Uh same goes with the state parks and the state police. I would break them into since they're really two separate agencies, break the state parks and the state police into their own separate uh system keys as well. Okay. Uh part of the reason is too, because we're both in New York. Uh, and we're both kind of in the same area. The way that state police work here is that they work on a duplex system. So what you want to do to the state police, and I would even recommend too, just doing like the uh, the statewide and then Troop L where we are, right? And do them together, and set it up so that there's no delay or or uh, no hold on the channel. But set it up so the scan hold is like three seconds or so, and this will allow the uh, that bank to repeat on itself for three seconds after the last transmission. And that gives a scanner an opportunity to go back and maybe find the second half of the transmission on the duplex uh, frequency path. Okay, so there's a separate scan hold versus frequency hold? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so I, I believe it's called bank hold in that. Okay. And, uh, again, that that's good. So, like, because the way they work here is, right, the, the uh, troop L will dispatch out on one frequency, and then the units out in the field will respond on another one. Right. So again, that if, if you didn't have it set up that way or you had it set up where the scanner would just repeat, uh, I mean, you could, if this was like a non-DMR or DMA scanner, I would say just fill the entire bank up and just repeat the frequencies over and over and over again. But you don't need to do that on, okay. on the BCT-15X or the 996P2. Okay. All right. That's good information. Um, and then when it comes to medical control, I would, I would break them out separately as well. So I would put the P25 system in with the conventional system because really you're going to spend most of the time here in NASA on the um, on the P25. Right. But if anything is coming in from Suffolk that needs to talk to NASA medical control, they're going to come in on the old Men 9, Men 10 channels. Oh, okay. So you're going to want to keep them in there. So again, that puts that also back into the BCT-15X. So at least you'll have the Med 9 and Med 10 in the bct 15 Okay. You, know, you won't get the Nassau P25 system in there. Right. Um, and then for fire, what I would do is 
you could you could do it different ways for the fire. Um, I normally suggest make a make a bank for the entire county, or a system key for all the entire county. Right. And I make each battalion its own group. Okay. And this is where it gets kind of confusing. What I usually advise people to do is, if you understand how the systems and groups work, then you can create a uh, a sub key or a sub bank using the groups. So mm-hmm. you can really quickly go in there and you can turn like battalion one, two, three, four, five off and leave on battalion six. Right. And leave okay. on the countywide. And then you can go back in there and say something happens and you want to listen to something that's going on, say in, I don't know, the second battalion, you would have to hit, you know, a couple of buttons to get into it and toggle the group for battalion two. Um, if this is something that you're going to do all the time, you know, maybe it's worthwhile learning how the groups work. But what I think I would suggest doing, if you want to keep it simple, is maybe create a home group with just Battalion 6 and the countywide stuff in there. Right. And then make a full county system for the fire. Okay. Because you got 9,000, you know, channels to play with on this. So it's not like right. the old scans where you had 200 and you had to really think about the best way to 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 allocate your resources here. Right. So, okay, uh, that but, makes sense. And then the same goes for public service. So, I mean, obviously, we, we don't have, you know, county and village PD here, but we could put other things in there that aren't encrypted, like maybe LIRR. Uh, you might be able to put something in, you know, so you have the MTA PD in there. Um, obviously, you're going to have state police. Um, i trying to think of some of the services that, that, would, uh, that would help out uh, knowing what's going on. Um, you try you know something like NASA OEM. You put them in there as well. Uh, don't forget about you know New York State uh, emergency services and that kind of stuff. So right. at least when something major happens, at least you got you're prepared and you have them in there for you. Um, and also think too, make a group about uh, the interoperability frequencies. So you have the the NIFOG uh, channel layout, which has that UTAC. Uh, right. VTAC, 8, 8TAC in there. So those are kind of used too by some uh, departments to interop uh, between each other. Not really too many, but it's, they, they, it is active in here. The, the VHF stuff was really active during Sandy, and they had it patched into a UHF TAC. So, um, okay. so they, they do become uh, active when, when something major happens. So, um, I, I don't want to get too into the weeds because I know this, your, this podcast goes around the world. But I will ask, is Nassau EDAX dead? No. Not yet. Um, there's still the sheriff is on there. So if you want to put something in there for public service or the police, you can put the sheriff's department in there. Uh, medical control is still on there. Uh, the jail system is still active on there. Um, MTA went to their own system. I haven't been able to find them. I'm sorry, not MTA, but the uh, the buses, right? Because mm-hmm. they got sold out and they got bought out by uh, NICE. Right. So they're on now their own system. Uh, Cedar Creek is on a DMR system because they got pri- uh, privatized. Oh, okay. So they're off the EDAC system. Um, but there is there is there is still activity on it. You're not really going to find too much as far as uh, fire activity. They they've kind of all gone over to the P25 system. But there is there's definitely still activity on there. Uh, OEM the hospital. The yeah, hospital's still there. Yeah, uh, National University is still on there. Whoever they are, whoever they're called these days. Um, NASA CERT is still on there, and NASA OEM are still on the EDAC system. Okay. So, 
not not quite dead yet. My my other question, which is really far out in the weeds, but it's something that people from everywhere would would appreciate. How do you find? You know, I, I walk into a place, I see some people with radios. How do you find what frequency they're on? For example, we go into the city a lot to Lincoln Center. Um, I'd love to listen to what's going on behind the scenes. How do you find where they are? You have a good radio that you can keep in your pocket that would help you out big time with that. That's your 436HP. Right. And I'm, I'm saying it's good because you bought the DMR upgrade on that one. So that Correct. kind of covers that base because a lot of you know um, independent security agencies or stuff like that have started going that DMR route. So the best thing to do is you can use what's called close call. And sometimes on the radio, it's it's a menu setting or it's a function plus uh, a secondary key. And you'll know you're on close call because you got a little C with like a bullseye on it okay. on your screen. So really what close call does is it quickly scans through the range of frequencies. I guess the same way that a um, a frequency counter would do it. And it basically locks in on whatever the strongest signal is during that sweep. So, um, I mean, I use it here if I see a helicopter, like a news copter up. Instead of going through my news bank, I'll just throw a close call on. Because the minute they key up, because it's line of sight, I'll typically hear uh, what's going on in, in the helicopter. Uh, so, so there's different ways that you can use close call that you have to keep it in the, in the back of your mind when you're using it. There's close call priority, which means the scanner is always going to uh, stop and look for a close call frequency, even when it stops on an active frequency. Um, there's also a close call do not disturb, which basically means that the scanner won't look for a close call uh, if you're stopped and listening to something. And then there's, uh, I think, uh, close call only, where it just sits there in a close call uh, you know, setting and looks for something to, to pick up. Uh, you can also toggle your banks off and on. So if you were in the city and you were, I would I would start looking at like the uh, UHF spectrum first, maybe 800, right. and then drop down to VHF if. Um, okay, you know. so you do have to set a band. It's it's automatically turned on. Really, is is the way it is. You kind of like filter out what you don't want to listen to. So okay. well, there there I can see their portables in the in Lincoln Center. They're all using, for, uh, they're all 450. Okay. Yeah. So I could toggle it to say just, you know, close call for in the 450 to 480 range? Yes, you could do it that way. Yep. Uh, I believe it's just a setting for UHF. I think it's really just how it's set up in there. Okay. Um, I mean, if you wanted to go a slower route with it, you could do a search range, and you can tell the radio to search between 450 and, you know, 470 and and sit in that business band. Right. But um, the fastest way by far is just to just to jump on the close call. And, and I do the same thing if I'm at a, you know, if I'm on vacation somewhere or something like that, and... Um, you know, I'll just if I'm in a hotel room or something like that, I'll, you just throw on the close call, and you'll pretty much pick up anything that's, you know any activity that's going on you know, in in the building more or less. Or um, you know, you go to the beach, and and uh, a lot of times around here, you got the uh, um, you know the fishing boats, and they don't really stick to the VHF channel plan. They kind of do their own thing. Right. So you can always find them outside the band just by having your close call radio with you, and it picks them up instantly, okay. or, or or near instant. So works very well. Okay. Very well, especially too if you roll up to something like um, if there's an emergency on your block and 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 you see like the fire department working on something and and you know sometimes not every frequency is publicized. Let's put right. that you know you can't find it on a frequency list, so um, you know, you can quickly grab the frequency that way. So okay, 
Yep. Close call is, is definitely something that can be both beneficial and a nuisance. <laughs> so I I gotcha. I gotcha. So All right. So with the um with the four thirty six. Yes. Okay. So I would recommend doing it the exact same way as the other two radios. Okay. Right? Um but the software is gonna be a bit different. Right, because because you can really only use Sentinel, right? Or you can use uh, Uniden makes. I'm sorry, um, Butel makes Arc 536, and again, the Butel stuff is commercial. I think you have 30 days to play around with it, but you might be able to import um, your other. I, I haven't used that software in a in a while, but you might be able to import your uh, your Arc XT files. Okay. Over to um, the other version. Um, if not, then you know you can do a lot of hand copy pasting. But um, it's really not that difficult to set up the the, the system list or the favorite list they call it, I guess. Yes. On on the uh, four thirty six. The nice thing too is if you have a four thirty six and you decide later to upgrade to the five thirty six, it's the exact same software. But if you want to go to the standard Home Patrol, it's different software. <laughs> so. It's okay. it's the same but different. So what I would do is kind of you lay it out the same way. Um, you know, you can break down the medical and the fire and the, and the public service. Uh, you could do Jones Beach, state parks, state police, that kind of stuff separately. But with the naming, what I, I don't like using um, the shortcut keys on my 436 and 536 because it's just something else to remember. Um, and, and again, I typically, when I program my radios, I kind of do the same layout over and over again. Like I'll do right. uh, my county fire, my county police, and my county uh, my village police if I can. And then I repeat it the next bank over again. So then I do the next county uh, fire police and village police. And then the next, you know, so I kind of try and keep things the same. But um, it doesn't always work out well that way. So with the 436, 536, and even the other... Um, uh, Sentinel-based scanners, the uh, home patrols. What mm-hmm. I typically do is I start out by naming my bank or my sister or my um, favorites list with the state, the two-digit state. So in our case, it would be New York and then a hyphen and then the county. So we do New York hyphen Nassau. Okay. And then a hyphen and then fire. And then okay. you do it again. So you do New York, Nassau, Jones Beach. New York, Nassau, uh, Public Service. New York, Nassau, Med Control. New York, Nassau, Ham Radio. New York, Nassau, OEM, et cetera, et cetera. Um, for the police, you could do like uh, New York State. And then you do State Police. And then New York State, um, Troop L. That kind of stuff. And, right. and the reason why I suggest doing it that way is because you can go into Sentinel, and then you could sort it alphabetically, sort all the names. So then Uh-oh. now you've grouped your states, your counties, and then your agencies kind of in a list. So if you decide you want to go back later and you want to add something to Nassau County, now you're not juggling channels around or system keys or anything like that. You just got to resort your – re-alphabetize your, your um, favorites list, send it back to the radio, and then what you do is you go into the menus on the 436 and you do you set scan selection. And then you can right. toggle like what list you want to listen to. But the lists are now all alphabetized. So you can easily just scroll through the listing 
and find out what it is you want to listen to. Okay. And then you just toggle the bank open on that way. Great. So typically what, what I typically do is like New York, Nassau, then the agency names. And then New York, Suffolk, then the agency names. Uh, New York, uh, and then New York City, agency names. New York State, agency name. Um, I do USA for the national stuff, like disaster, right. um, you know, FEMA, those kinds of things. Um, and then, you know, you more than, move on to the next state. So if you're traveling a lot and you want to do something for New Jersey, you, you start NJ, Union, and then whatever. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and then as you're traveling, you just start building in what you want to listen to. And it's all pretty much drag and drop from the Sentinel software. So it does make it a lot easier to uh, organize the HP scanners. Right. Okay. And then again, right. if, if you decide you want to go back later on and you want to start adding the bank keys into it, right, you can do that later in the future. But just to get things started and organized and just into the scanner, um, and typically this is just where I stop, is just by putting them in with the name. And I just use the, the menus to toggle things off and on on the 436 and 536. Okay. All right. That that makes a lot of sense. And and that's the whole goal is I would like easy organization so that if I hear something's going on that I can find them right away. Right. Right. Um, and then the other thing, too, to mention, too, with the 436-536 is because of the way it's set up, it's set up like with agency, department, and then frequency. So right. what happens with that is say you make one for Nassau County Fire. And then you can do the battalions. And then you can do, the, obviously, the frequency. And you can lock the battalions off and on because they're considered departments in the programming right. of the 436. So you can just make a Nassau County Fire Bank, and then you go in there, and you just avoid the battalions you don't want to listen to. Right. And then if something right. does end up happening, you can then un- unavoid or, or unlock the battalions that you want to you wanna pick up. So a little bit more flexibility from the key. Uh, you know, it, it's not as um, difficult once you kind of understand how, how quickly you can, you can turn things off and on using the 436-536 keypad. Since you mentioned avoid, what's the difference between temporary avoid and permanent avoid? Okay, so temporary lockout and temporary avoid versus permanent is when you hit the avoid or the lockout button once it puts it into a temporary uh, position. And what that basically means is it's only going to be locked out until you turn the scanner back on again. So once you turn the scanner off and turn it back on, whatever you had temporarily avoided is back in the scan list. Okay. But if you permanently avoid it, no matter how many times you turn it off and on the scanner, it's going to stay in the, the lockout list. Got it. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. Yep. Okay. So now going back to your original question, too, about the um, your P25 threshold settings. Typically, the scanner is going to try and figure out what the best voltage is to use. Uh, the more samples it takes, the more kind of um, – or at least the way I understand the way, way it works is it's going to kind of hone in on it a little bit. But that's not always, you know, whatever the scanner does doesn't isn't always the best. So I forget how you do it on the 996P2. I, I think it's like function and then it's a secondary button. Um, I don't remember off the top of my head. But what you do then is, is there's a, um, a voltage range. So you can, you can cycle through the voltage ranges and then see where it kind of sounds the best to you. And then you lock in that voltage range. Yeah, it's 1 through 10. Yes. And the scanner should tell you on the front what the low is, what the low and the high threshold is. And I think as you bring it higher, I think it kind of brings the voltages uh, a little bit closer together. Okay. 
So I think that's how all that works. But uh, it doesn't hurt to play with it. You know, it's it's one of those things that if you don't like it the way it sounds, you can always throw it back to automatic. But I think it's part of the hobby, right? Part of the hobby right. isn't just going online and have somebody spoon feed you the information. Um, it's a hobby. You kind of want to go out there and you kind of want to discover things on your own um, and then share what you know with somebody else type of thing. So um, so what happens is you have um, the thresholds. And I think what happens is, is as you adjust the threshold levels, they, they kind of – the voltages get closer and closer together. together. So the lower is going to increment and the higher is going to uh, decrease a little bit. Um, but again, you could always play around with it. And if it sounds good to you, you can lock it in. And if not, then, you know, you can always just put it back on the automatic and, and, you know, see what the scanner gives you. But, um, kind of the thing too, with, with, I don't, I hear the digital, like I, I can hear that it's a, it's a digital type of signal. It doesn't sound to me as good as analog sounds. So I think that too, it may just be me not setting up the, um, the P25 thresholds. Uh, enough to make them sound well, good. Well, they definitely so. have a different sound than than analog. I mean, you and I have been hams for long enough to know that how things have changed from the old FM to to digital. Right, and and again, too, scanners aren't commercial radios, you know, so they're not going to sound as good as something right. that costs eight thousand dollars. <laughs> you know, true. It's it's just not the same. True. So. But yeah, I would suggest you know play around with the P twenty five thresholds, and if you find something that works, then you know jump on Radio Reference or jump on you know my local site, uh, which is w two lie dot net, and uh, share the values that work for you for Nassau County. And you know I'm sure others will like to know uh, what it is that you're finding that works, and maybe somebody else has something that works well for them. And your website is my go to site Good. all the time. Glad, yeah. glad to hear that. It's a little outdated at this point, but. Um, I'm working with a, a VA right now to kind of um, merge it with my other website and uh, bring it up to the new millennium. Okay. <laughs> so it's it's going to be more mobile friendly and everything else. It just takes a lot of time to, to get all these things done. So Great. Great. But all right, John, do you have any other, right. uh, any other questions for me? No. I thank you for your time. I thank you for your expertise. And uh... – uh, this was very informative. I, you know, I've really got a handle now on how I want to organize um, the scanners. Excellent. I'm, I'm glad I could help you out. Yep. All right. Thanks, John. Yep. I'll talk to Thanks you soon. Thanks, you. All, All right, right. Bye. So, as usual, the Scanner School podcast is brought to you by EastCoastPagers.com. East Coast Pagers is a Unication, Apollo, and Swiss phone dealer serving the U.S. market from one way. Uh, alphanumeric, PogSag, and Flex-based pagers to voice pagers, the Unication G1, the Swiss phone, new uh, S-Quad 360, the Apollo line, and even the Unication G4 and G5 P25 pagers. They have you and your department covered. So if you're looking for a pager just for yourself or if you need a quote for your department for an evaluation or whatever, contact East Coast Pagers. Dot com. And if you go to eastcoastpages.com slash scanner school, you'll see a special gift from them to you when you put a Unication G1, G4, G5, or an S-Quad voice from Swiss Phone in your shopping cart. Again, that's eastcoastpages.com. So there's one thing that uh, John had asked me that I forgot to... Um, to answer he kind of asked it at the beginning of the interview and uh we didn't 
loop back around to talk about it. But John was asking me if if it made sense to use more than one scanner um, because he's afraid of having something happen and not being able to pick up on it because the scanner is actively listening to something else. Now, that's a very valid concern, and depending how large your scan list is, that's a very good possibility. And, I mean, especially in, like, the county where I live in, where there's something like um, 72 fire districts out here. It's it's crazy. And um, the chances of more than one department coming on at the same time, there's a good probability that something like that could happen. So what I typically do is the way I have my scanners set up is I have um, four of them that are kind of on all the time that I may not be listening to them. The volumes may be down. Um, I have more people actually. These are my live feed scanners. So I have one that does Nassau County Fire. The scanner does Nassau County Police, which really only has like two village departments on it at this time because everything else went encrypted. Um, I have Suffolk County Fire and Suffolk County Police all operating on their own dedicated scanners. And, uh, of course, I have other radios that are kind of set up that uh, I have one that, that's in the common space of my house, you know, the kitchen, that just has my local fire department in it, and that's all it does. Uh, I keep a couple of fire pagers laying around here, uh, a couple of unications, and they, they basically run through um, the three or four departments that surround my location. So I don't have to hear everything. I just get the tone outs, and, and they, they're quiet. And if it is something I want to listen to, then I can go to another radio. So it really does depend on your budget and, um, you know, uh, how much you can listen to at once and, and what you think you're going to miss. So if you have the resources there and um, it's something that you can you can listen to and understand what's going on and, and um, you, you, you do acquire this skill if you haven't really done it. Um, but, yeah, I would suggest if you if you can do it, um, it wouldn't hurt to have multiple scanners running for separate dedicated things. I mean, obviously, when you're just getting started in the hobby, you know, you only have one radio, then that's fine. That's what you work with. That's what you have. But, um, you know, when you've been in the hobby for as long as I've been in it, yeah, you have more radios turned off than you actually do have turned on. And, uh, again, that opens up another, you know, question on how do you plug them all in? How uh, do you share an antenna system? And, again, these are all topics that we are going to talk about on future sessions of the Scanner School podcast. Um, a couple of other things I wanted to drop in here too, that when we were talking about um, the software we use, so there's the Butel Arc XT and the Butel 536. Those are the two pieces of software. The Arc XT is for the uh, BCT15X, the 346XT and XTC, the 996P2, uh, the nine, the other one, the BCD96XT, and the 396XT and the 325P2, I believe it's the, that entire series. Um, and if you would, uh, if you're interested in that, in that software, and it is commercial-based, uh, our affiliate link, which will we get a small uh, affiliate commission on the sale at no additional cost to you, is if you go to scannerschool.com slash butel. In phonetics, that would be Bravo, Uniform, Tango, Echo, Lima, Butel, B-U-T-E-L. Uh, the other piece of software that I was talking about was FreeScan. And FreeScan works on pretty much most of the DMA versions of Uniden software. And um, it's a pretty long URL, and I've, I've helped you guys out. Basically, just go to scannerschool.com slash FreeScan, and that'll take you to the FreeScan website. The other piece of software we talked about was Uniden's Sentinel software, and there's two flavors of Sentinel. 
One is for the Home Patrol 1 and Home Patrol 2, and the other flavor is for the 436 HP and the 536 HP. All right. Um, I'm not sure about the European model, or I'm sorry, the uh, Australian model. I believe it's a 436 HP or, or something similar to that. Um, it might be the same flavor. It might be a little bit different. But, um, uh, again, that's free software that comes with the scanners. So uh, those those were the software and the links that we had talked about uh, on the session with John. So the other thing that uh, I had teased at the beginning of this podcast was I was interested in doing something different. So so you guys were able to now sit down and listen to a consulting session that I do that um, I would typically charge for. And if you are interested in a consulting session because you have something that um, you, know, you, you do want the one-on-one, you do want uh, somebody just to be able to answer your questions and walk you through something, whether it's uh, software installation or how to set up a new scanner or like that, you know, that's, that's the service that I offer. And you can get that at any time by going to scannerschool.com slash consulting. Um, or you can send me a message on Facebook or uh, Twitter. You know, it's, it's uh, scannerschool.com slash Twitter and scannerschool.com slash Facebook group will get you to me on either platform. But um, something I was thinking about doing and um, something I know works well for other uh, other groups I'm a member of. I'm, I'm a member of a couple of other, uh, other uh, podcasting groups and whatnot. Um, they seem to use Facebook Live as a way to answer questions to the community, which is something that I like to try and do. So if you would like some one-on-one help, but you don't need a full 30-minute session or you don't want to pay for it or you just have one simple question that you would like answered, I would love to do a Facebook live chat with you guys. And I was thinking about doing them on Saturdays. I'll, I'll do it once on one week now or two weeks, see how that gets off the ground, see if it's something that you guys are very interested in. And um, again, you know, it would be me on Facebook, uh, probably on a video feed. And you guys can just type in your questions and I'll answer it. And I'll spend about 30 minutes in front of the computer and, um, you know, just uh, answer any type of questions you have or just be here to say hi or, or tell you what I'm working on and that kind of stuff. So I was really thinking about doing it on Saturdays at 11 a.m. <clears throat> That's Eastern time uh, in the U.S., which I think is a good time because it kind of puts everybody in the listening area at a time zone that they can listen to. So I understand, you know, uh, West Coast out in California, you're a couple hours behind. So that would be about 8 o'clock your time. Um, so to all my friends and listeners on the other side of the pond, uh, we're looking at four hours ahead, right? So in London, you're looking about 3 p.m. on uh, Saturday afternoon. But unfortunately for all of you in uh, Australia who listen to the show, you're looking more like 2 a.m. in the morning because you're UTC plus 11 and I'm UTC minus 4. So, um, you know, you'll be able to submit your questions ahead of time if you want. And the the, uh, the live chat will be there. Hopefully it'll be there so you can play it back later on. I really don't know how this Facebook Live thing works yet. I'm going to try and try and get to it but uh, you know I'll be there I'll be able to share my computer screen I'll be able to answer a couple of questions about software and, and whatnot so again uh, I will send out a, um, a an invite for our first session which I would like to uh, see if we can do that this upcoming Saturday so that would be on March 24th and again that would be at uh, let's just say UTC that'd be 3 p 3 p.m. UTC or uh, 11 a.m. East Eastern Daylight Time in the U.S. Um, 
and let me know. I mean, if you want to, uh, I'll put a post out in the Facebook group too and, and let me know if there's something you're interested in. So again, I want to say thank you for listening to the session with uh, John and myself. John, thank you so much for being um, being a winner. First of all, congratulations on that. And thank you for allowing me to put our conversation together and uh, package it up as a podcast so that other people could be a fly on the wall. Maybe they've learned something too from uh, our conversation. So again, I want to thank everybody for listening to the Scanner School podcast, where we teach you everything that you need to know about the scanner radio hobby. And if you have an extra couple minutes, please sign up for our email list. It's right there on the front page of our website at scannerschool.com. And also do us another favor and leave us a review on iTunes, scannerschool.com slash iTunes. So again, I want to thank you for listening, and uh, we'll catch you all again next week. 73. Thanks for listening to the Scanner School podcast. Be sure to visit www.scannerschool.com to access the show notes and bonus content.